Today on Pop Culture Over Pizza, we welcome back ASAP Balrog, and we will be discussing the boxing movie that broke box office records for Thanksgiving, Creed II. What's poppin' purgers? It's your one and only $8-sign-AP Balrog coming to you live from the PCOPHQ at an undisclosed location on this chilly Saturday evening, the 1st of December, 2018. It's the beginning of the end of the year, y'all, and it actually feels great to be conducting a quick slice away from my native volcanic homeland of Mordor. Now, today I'm joined with my main man, the one and only Towns55, a.k.a. Chimichangas, a.k.a. Walt. Yo, what's up, bro? Man, really? I'm supposed to follow that intro? <laughs> Come on now. Listen, that, that thing was Buster Rhymes all the way. I'm going to put it this way. What's up, bro? How are you? Yo, just chilling, bro. Yo, thank you for collabing with me on this slice today. No doubt. All right, y'all. So this is my eighth official quick slice, which therefore completes my first medium 14-inch pizza pie, specifically Sicilian. Now let's get it started. All right, well, so how it be? Well, I'm good, man. Um, it's been a minute since you've been on the podcast. Yo, I, think, I think it's been, what, like a month? Yeah, I think so. Something like that. So, you know, um, you know, we always keep in contact with each other. Always. Man. How was your Thanksgiving? Because I know this year we weren't actually together on Thanksgiving like we normally are. So how how'd it go by you? Oh, yo, it was full of food. That's for sure. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. We went over to um, Atlantic City, you know, the Borgata. Yep. Yo, we was over there, man. And, man, I was balling, son, because, yo, last time I was at the casino, I wasn't at the Borgata. I was at the Tropicana. Mm-hmm. And, yo, I put in, like, a certain amount of money. It was only, like, a few quarters, I remember. But let's just say it didn't go well at the end, yo. Like, oh, please don't say that it was there was some money lost in this one. I lost more than I gained the first time. Oh, man. Let's put it that way. So, you know, it was a big L for me at the time. That's but, it. you know, that was my first experience, bro. You learned from the first time, right? Yeah, man. I, I, I understand. My I'm a big spender at the 25-cent machines, you know. I put, <laughs> I put in 25 cents, and if I hit, great. And if I don't. Oh, well, you know what I'm saying? Yo, say word, man. But, yo, the second time, so I went over to Atlantic City on Thanksgiving with a couple family friends, you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. And we was at the Borgata, and I wanted to redeem myself in a sense, you feel me? There you go. So I put in a couple quarters. Nah, what am I saying, a couple quarters? I put in like $25 um, at a slot machine, right? Okay. Yo, I walked out after two attempts with $472. That's what I'm talking about. You know what I'm saying? I was like, yo, that's it. Lesson learned from the first time. Put in a few. Get a lot. Walk out. Don't you know? Don't risk it if you're not you know that confident. You feel me? Yeah, I, I got you, man. Listen, you you said you want like four hundred dollars. Four hundred seventy-two, bro. I did something almost similar. half a grand. I did something similar, except drop the last two figures. I and that's how much I come out whenever I go to a casino. <laughs> I'm probably walking out with like four or five bucks. That's it. I have like absolutely <laughs> the worst luck when it comes to casinos. Wow. Wifey, on the other hand. She put in a quarter one time, walked away with like 400 bucks. You said 25 cents? 25 cents. So, you know, apparently it's not, it's just me. You know how they say it's not you, it's me? No, seriously, it's me. Damn. So, you know, yeah, it doesn't work. I don't want to see you play against Lando and Sabah. No, 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 <laughs> that's okay. I'll, I'll pass on that one. Nah, bro, but yo, so I won 472, right? And one of my objectives back then, the first time, was to eat at this place called Carmine's. Yo, it's a fine dining Italian joint. And um, it's at the Tropicana, right? At least yeah, the one I, I know. I've of. heard of it. Yeah, so I wanted to go there. I wanted to eat the first time. But, you know, I told you I walked out with a big alley. I was broke as fuck. But, it's all right. But you know what? Like, second time around, I was at the Borgata. Walked out with that 472. Walked over, like, a few blocks down to the, to the what was it called? The Tropicana. 
Went over to Carmine's, had a good fine dining meal. Yo, it was great, bro. And it's at Tropicana, just a few blocks down. You know the place, right? Yeah, yeah, I've heard of it. I've seen it. Yeah, so this place, it's a really authentic fine dining joint. You know, steaks, chops, seafood, all that good stuff. You feel mm -hmm. me? And, yeah, I really wanted to eat there the first time around. But, like I said, I walked out with a big L, you know, lost more than I gained. So I had to, you know, eat back at, you know, the place with free food. <laughs> That's all good because, you know what, the second day, you redeemed yourself, right? True, true, so true. So you were back true. at it. Exactly. So, like I said, I walked out of the Borgata with 472, walked over to the Tropicana, went to Carmine's, had a great, authentic, fine dining experience with some family and friends. So let me ask you a question. What did you order on the in the place? New York strip steak, medium rare, with roasted mashed potatoes and, what was it, cauliflower and some spinach. So you're in Jersey and you ordered a New York steak? Yeah. What's up with that? <laughs> Yo, man. Yo, you know, just keeping it real. You know? yeah, I, I, hear you. I hear you. It's all good. No, listen, <laughs> it works. It works. And hey, you know what? I, I got wasted over there at... Atlantic City, and then went back over home to Mordor, mm -hmm. right, and got wasted again because you know why not? Yeah, it's the way to go. Thanksgiving weekend. What what else is there to do, right? Yeah, and if there's not enough to be thankful for, I woke up the following morning, checked my phone, checked my contacts. Apparently, I got a girl's number. I was like, what? Oh yeah, Did that happened. All right, so you know what? That was the Balrogian Thanksgiving. It was pretty dope, and you know I'm just glad to know that y'all had a good. You know, y'all had a good Thanksgiving as well. Yeah, man. You know, we, we were suffering from food coma afterwards, you know. Oh, right. And, and the funny thing is... is That's that a good I, problem, by the way. Absolutely. Except, you know, when you're trying to lose weight and trying to keep in shape and, and Yo, stuff facts. like that, right? So, um, the other thing is that we I actually brought all the uh, equipment because we figured, oh, let's try and do a Thanksgiving slice. Right. Yeah, that, that's... That didn't happen. That sounds like mad work, though. That didn't happen, you know. I brought all that stuff, and guess what? I brought it all back. Because you know what? By the time you get there, by the time you eat, by the time you're hanging out, you know, chilling with family and stuff like that, it was just one of these things like, you know what? Let's just pass it. And what ended up happening is that a card game broke up upstairs, and then we ended up going downstairs and playing a little Soul Calibur. Okay. So you know how that goes. You know what I'm saying? When yeah. I'm playing Soul Calibur, I got to be my man, Maxi. Yo, this guy gets really you know? competitive with Soul Calibur. Oh, yo, yeah. But you know what? In, 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 he goes from recreational gaming to underground gaming real quick. That's, Zero to one. That's what I'm talking about. The problem is, though, is that I don't, I don't get to play as much anymore. So the youngins, yeah. the youngins, they come in, they, they take over. And so not as good as I used to be when it comes to playing video games. It's crazy, man. Yo, speaking of age, man, I just realized, man, like, I'm not going to specify my age, you know, for, like, <laughs> security reasons. You feel me? <laughs> More like privacy reasons. But, like... I just found out that I'm 11 years older than my young, my youngest cousin, you know, which happens to be your son, Walt. Yep. And I was, I realized like, damn, 11 year age gap. That means dude, like by the time this, this kid reaches, you know, a certain age, I'm going to be a certain age and I'm, you know, like, bro, I, you're I don't old. Feel the age. Nah, don't say that. Bro, the bro you're old. Nah, nah, it's nah, it's nah, over. Nah. Like once you get there, nah. it's all downhill from there. Trust me. Yo, I'm gonna be that that guy in the freaking uh with those icy hot commercials, like you know Shaquille O'Neal's in it. And it's like yo, high five. And I'm like, yeah, I got, it. I got. It. You know, I, I have to like jump like high just to high five the dude. I don't know, man. Oh, man. I, I, see, I see Ben Gay in your future. Oh, man, <laughs> that's nah. what I'm saying. Nah. So anyway, um, Thanksgiving weekend. It's a good segue, right? We're talking about Thanksgiving. Word, word. What came out on Thanksgiving? Oh, Creed 2. Creed 2, right? So I saw it. I didn't see it on Thanksgiving Day proper. Likewise, you know? likewise. Yeah, it was It was just one of those things you want to be with family. But the thing is, we're traditionally, like regularly, we're supposed to see movies when they come out. You know, that's how we are. Yep. Or even like way before they come out, if if possible, you know. Yep. Tisk, tisk, Aquaman. Yeah, the, the, there may be a early review in our future here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll keep that on the download for now. 
Right. You know what I'm saying? But so we didn't I didn't get to watch it on Thursday. Okay. But I did get to watch it on Saturday. Now okay. normally you and I were both watching it at the same time, right? Right, right. This year was a little bit different. So I think you watched it a little bit after me. Yeah, I, I was supposed right? to watch it either before y'all or with y'all, but neither happened. Exactly. <laughs> I watched it like two days after y'all. You were busy ha having strip steaks in Carmine, dude. As I was. Exactly. <laughs> so, you know, but we all got to watch it, right? Yeah. Um, oh, by the way, I don't mean to like change the subject, but yo, they gotta open the Carmines in Mordor, man. Yo, yo, Mordor needs that stuff. Yo, yeah, gentrifying absolutely. fourth age, you know what I'm saying? You know, isn't there like a Carmines in the city though? I think I don't know, bro. I never. You know, it's weird because they say Carmines is a New York Italian joint, like fine dining joint, whatever. Mm -hmm. But I never seen one in the city. I always see Wolf Gangs, but I only saw Carmines in Jersey. It's yeah, weird, man. man. It is weird, but hey, it is what it is. Look at this. There is a Carmines established 1990. In Times Square, okay, okay, Upper West Side. Ooh, okay, that sounds like Hell's Kitchen. Atlantic City. Hey, there you go. Washington D.C. and Vegas. Okay, so, so that's only very few locations. Yeah, no, all so these coasts. We have to, we have to find our way over there one time. You know? Yeah, we should so, all go sometime. You know, absolutely. as a Peacock fan, word. Right you after know? a podcast, man. Maybe that day it won't be uh, pop culture over pizza. It'll be pop culture over a strip steak. Hey, hey, there you go. And you know, there could be times that you know we could use our anchor sponsorships to like you know save up to go to places such as this. There you go. Or or whatnot. But you know, not to get off track, Creed 2 came out on Thanksgiving, and we are gonna go ham on this slice. So let's do general impressions first before we get into what? Our deep dish slice, which contains toppings. toppings. Which happens to be spoilers. So y'all been warned for later on. But y'all can listen to this one for now. Yep. So we're just going to give you general impressions. I happen to like the film. I thought it was pretty good. Um, I have a couple little critiques to it. But overall, I went in it and I had a blast. What do you think about it? Bro, I love the movie. More so than I expected. High replayability. But then again, you know, I, there's my bias because, you know, of my boxing experience, my boxing background. But putting that aside, though, I really love the movie. I really like I want to watch it again and again and again. You know, Yeah, I think that that's something that we should do together. We should probably go back and just check it out and see it again. You think so? Yeah, I think so. The only the only problem that I have is that December is chock full of movies. Yo, word. There is so many movies coming out. I don't even know where to start. I mean, I don't think there's enough weekends for us to watch all the movies that are coming out. Yo, say word. You know, we got, what, Spider-Man, Aquaman, um, Bumblebee. Right. I mean, there's a ton of movies. But, you know, if we get a chance, I think we should definitely watch Creed 2 together. But so. I just want to say as a general impression in regards to Creed 2, that you may agree with me on this one. And I actually found other people who agree with me on this one as well that... Creed 2 seemed more like a sequel to Rocky IV than it did to the first Creed. I don't know if you know if you see it the same way. Yeah, it's true. And you know what? I think at this point, I know we said that we were going to get into it later. I think we should just go into the toppings right now. I yeah. think I think if we're going to really, really give our impressions and review this movie, I think we need to get into um, spoiler territory. So I think that's what we're going to do right now. What right, do you let's think? Do it. Yeah, let's do it, bro. Let's go. All right, y'all, so this is going to be a deep dish slice, which means it's going to contain a lot of toppings, specifically spoilers. So for y'all who haven't watched the movie yet, you've been warned. Yeah, there, will, there will contain, there will be spoilers, and we're about to go into them right now. Yeah, this is a good time that you either want to pause the episode, you want to mute the episode, um, you want to maybe go watch the movie and come back because we will be spoiling the movie. 
Um, I think we need to if we're going to really get into this movie. So that being said, let's just go over the particulars of what this movie is. This let's movie was an American sports drama film, right? It stars uh, Michael B. Jordan. It stars Sylvester Stallone. It stars um, Tessa Thompson. And in a surprise, probably to some, right, you have Dolph Lundgren reprising his role as Ivan Drago. If he dies, he dies. He dies. And we have the newcomer, and I hope I say this his name right because it's a little bit weird, but um, his name is Florian Muntanu. I heard his nickname is Big Nasty. Big Nasty. So he's actually a boxer. Um, I think he's Polish, if, if I'm correct. I, I believe I'm, so. I'm, I'm not really sure, but I'm going to have to check, check in on we'll, that. We'll just refer to him as Big Nasty in regards to go. him as an actor. And we have Felicia Rashad. And so she comes back as Creed's mom. Okay. Okay. Hold on, pause. I'm sorry, I don't mean to interrupt, but yo, is she his adoptive mom or biological mom? Because I, I kind of forgot. I'm not, I'm, I don't remember. We're going to have to look into that. I think so, that something tells me she's his adoptive mom. It could be. It could be. Because I, it was based in, it was, it was said in the first movie, the first movie, excuse so me. Then, so then probably it is. So it's probably her adopted mom, okay, you know? Okay. Um, and like I said, we'll double check just to make sure, but I'm, I'm kind of leaning with Aesop Balrog on that, that she is his adopted mom, not his real mom. Facts. Um, so originally, Ryan Coogler, who directed the first Creed movie, was supposed to direct this movie, but because um, he got involved in Black Panther, the film was delayed, and ultimately he was replaced by Stephen Capel Jr., who um, came on and, and took control of the project. Hey, still two dope movies, though. Absolutely. And listen, Ryan Coogler still had a producing credit over it, so he still had some, some uh, interaction with the movie. The movie was also written by Sylvester Stallone. That's what I'm talking about. Okay, so you had a screenplay credit for him. Mm -hmm. And um, this movie was was released, of course, November 21st. Um, and it has generally positive reviews. So, you know, it's a, everybody seems to agree that this is a good movie. Just want to say, you know, just to put it out there in regards to the Mordor cinematic standards, this movie was a 19 out of 20 rings of power. There you go. Just want to put that out there. There you go. That's so how great this movie was. So it's got Mordor's official stamp of approval, people. That's right. So let's get into the plot and let's see um, exactly how this story transpires throughout the movie. And I'm going to throw that to Balrog. All right, man. Let's do it. Let's go. So the movie begins three years after the first Creed movie with the protagonist or main character, Adonis Creed, reprised by Michael B. Jordan, competing in a WBC heavyweight matchup against Andre Ward. That's right, guys. I said Andre Ward, a.k.a. Danny Wheeler in the movie. And if y'all don't already know, Andre Ward was already in the first Creed movie as you know a guy named Danny Wheeler, who is a world heavyweight champion, I'm guessing in the WBC rankings. Mm -hmm. And... Let's just say Andre Ward. I, I got to keep saying Andre Ward because that's how I know these guys. <laughs> Andre Ward, Danny Wheeler, whatever. He whooped um, Adonis Creed's butt in a sparring match and won his won his car keys. I think. Yeah, I was think it? that's what it was. Yeah, yeah. And that was that was uh, basically Creed's um, the start of their motivation. Beef. Yeah, yeah he, he was like, you know what? I'm gonna beat you. Get my belt and take my car back. Yo, you, you know? know, you know what's funny though? The way that match ended. Was that, um, what's his name? Adonis Creed, he technically knocked out um, Andre Ward, Danny Wheeler, and he won, he won his car keys back. And here's the thing. 
he kept saying in the movie, I remember, give me back my keys. Give me back my keys. Exactly. Like he didn't even realize he became WBC heavyweight champion of I'm the world. You, that was his motivation. That's he what? wanted his car back. Right. But you know what? We find out later in the movie exactly why that car was so important for him. Oh, word. Remember. I right? think I think you may be the one who who knows that because yeah. I, I didn't really pay attention to the car. Like I was paying attention to the belt the whole so time. We'll, we'll get into that because it was a conversation between him and Tessa Thompson's character. Right, right, and right. And she even mentioned it was like, you're more in love with this car than anything else. And he gives the reason why. So, But we'll get into that later. Ironically, I, I kind of forgot the reason of why it was important. I don't even think I paid attention to that. Yeah. But here's the thing. Um, you, you mentioned Tessa Thompson. Her character, Bianca, I believe that's her name. Yep. She mentioned to Don's Creed, like, do you know what just happened? Like, at the end of the fight, do you know what just happened? And he was just looking at her like, he's just thinking, yo, I got my keys back. Got my keys back. Like, she's like, no, you're WBC heavyweight champion of the world now. Oh. Damn. <laughs> oh, and by the way, not to get off track. But, you know, the real WBC heavyweight of the champion is a guy named Deontay Wilder. And he's fighting tonight. Yeah. You and I are going to watch that, right? That's right. And just just as a spoiler alert for everybody else, there may be a quick slice in the making for that thing. So That's right. Just to let you know. That will yeah. be a bonus episode for later. <laughs> yeah, he's, he'll be defending against Tyson Fury. They're going to settle their beef. At last, which you know started like two years ago, I think at the beginning of 2016. I wonder if there's a car involved. <laughs> <laughs> Give me back know. my keys, Fury. Exactly. <laughs> no, so. but um, freaking Adonis Creed, he became WBC heavyweight champion of the world after beating Andre Ward's Danny Wheeler, and he won his car back. Yep. And now, um, moving on. So after that, you know, as you do when when you go ahead and win a heavyweight championship, right? What do you do? You try and go propose to a girlfriend, right? Oh. Wow, so, that's a big go. move right there. It was actually a, a pretty interesting, um, you know, uh, scene with him because the scene actually started with him talking to Rocky, mm -hmm. who, again, if you don't know, but I'm going to put it out there just for, you know, making sure everybody knows, played by Sylvester Stallone, right? 72-year-old Sylvester Stallone, Dang. who still looks in great shape, by the way. That's an OG right there, boy. That's right. You know what I'm saying? Um, so... Part of, part of the scene beforehand is him going to Rocky and saying, Rock, what do I do? What do I say? I, I don't know how to do this. <laughs> the right? anxiety is real, guys. Yes, exactly. And it's it's nice because it shows a, a moment of, you know, um, he's letting his guard down. Right? Personal, like, intimation. Exactly. Right. Personal know? intimacy, excuse me. Exactly. You know, it, it's, it's a moment where you see him more. You don't see him as the boxer. You see him as the person. And he's having real struggles on how to propose to his girlfriend. So naturally he goes to rock, right? Facts. And you know what? These are real struggles in real life. Cause like, you know, fighters, you only see them in the ring or in the octagon, whatever, mm -hmm. but you don't necessarily see them for who they are outside of it, you know? Right. Exactly. And you like know, the struggles real guys, like they're no different than like your average person who, who struggles every day, you know, exactly. they're still human beings at the end of the day. You feel me? And, and the good thing is, is that, you know, in recent years, um, before big fights, you see, you see different, um, TV networks, they do like little documentaries and stuff like oh, we're that. Oh, like HBO 24-7. There you go. And it, it delves into the lives of the, the boxers and the fighters. They and did stuff. that in the movie. And, and exactly. And that kind of lent it toward the realism of what you were watching there. Because you know what? Not only did you have HBO boxing as they were they were displaying these fights under a pay-per-view bag, right. you know, flag and stuff, mm -hmm. but they were actually doing the 24-7s on the fighters themselves. Right. There was one piece where, mm -hmm. you know, uh, Michael B. Jordan as Adonis Creed was sitting there and you can clearly tell because it was exactly the same that a 24-7 mm -hmm. would look right. like, right? Yeah. So it was it was a nice little touch. 
So you had Rock, him and Rocky discussing on how to do it, and Rocky's just like, you know what? Just say what say what you feel. See, let it come out from your heart. And it was a really nice moment. And the good <laughs> thing is, is that they kind of played around with it because Tessa Thompson's character, Bianca, she's she's suffering from she's going deaf. Right? Hearing loss, unfortunately. Right. She's going and deaf. She's really young. No. Yeah, and so you had um, Michael B. Jordan in, in that scene, and all he's doing, he finally gets it right. Oh, and she's a great singer in the movie, by the way. Yep. You know? But he finally gets the, the proposal right. He's saying all the right things and whatnot, and she comes out of the bathroom and puts on her hearing aid, and she's like, uh, you were saying something? Now, she, I, yeah. And, so, uh, I, not, and I'm paraphrasing, but that's not exactly what happened. But no, right, right, right. It was but that I, kind of thing, right? It was like that. But as soon as she saw him on his knee proposing to her, yeah, and she, yeah, didn't, she, was, she didn't hear a word he said. She just, like, closed the door right on. Yeah, she was like, are you kidding me? Yeah. You're not doing this now, are you? Yeah. You know? She was like, dude, what? But it was a nice moment. It was a nice moment that created that little bond for the movie. Yeah. And the good thing about it. The scene ended it, well, though, guys. It wasn't like she said no or anything. Yeah, she Spoiler, she did say yes. Yes. You know. Yes, she did. But it was it was a nice scene because I think one of one of the problems that the first movie had is that it didn't really flesh out Bianca's character. You and think I so? think I think this movie did a lot better job. She had more stuff to do in this movie. True, true. You know? I agree. So, and you'll see why. Yeah, so she she was really more of a character in this movie than she was in the first one. And the, I love the first one. I just think that as a character, Bianca did a little bit more and she was more involved in you know, the story as opposed to the first right. one. Right. You know, overall, we could say that Creed 2 is definitely a lot better than the first. You know, that's that's for certain. Yeah, absolutely. I I, I got a lot of love for the first one. I Likewise. Had, I, I, love, I really like the second one, too. So um, after that, they moved to Los Angeles, right? Right. They uh, moved to their mom's crib, I think. Yeah. Like, I, I forgot the reason why they went there. Do you remember why they went to L.A.? Um, I think... It was a little bit okay. So I think we're jumping ahead here because um, right before that, that's when we had Buddy Marcel. Okay, so we the promoter, right, right, right. So we had there's this one promoter. His name is Buddy Marcel, right? You know, as a promoter, you know his his job is to scout for new fighters, you know, and to find the next big thing in boxing, right? So Buddy Marcel, he went over to I think it's Kiev, Ukraine. I think that's where he went. Uh, right? I do believe so, yes. It's an Eastern European place, let's just say that. And he's scouting for fighters. He comes across, wait for it, the Drago family. Yeah. Father and son. That's right. Ivan Drago, played by Dolph Lundgren from Rocky IV, back in his role, Ivan Drago and his son, Victor Drago. So now we got to talk about before we we go any further. I think we need to talk about what's going on with that family. Facts, facts, facts. facts. You know, that family. Um, so if you remember Rocky Four, Rocky Four, the biggest part of Rocky Four was that Drago was this huge hulking Russian boxer, vicious dude. I mean, the the dude was chiseled out of granite, right? And you know, they built him up as this unstoppable machine. And if you think he's a monster, wait until you hear about his son. Yeah. So that movie had, you know, it, the main moment of that movie was that he, he fought Apollo Creed, which is Adonis' Creed's dad, right? And this and, is the fight that, that you could say changed everything in regards to the Creed family. Oh, absolutely. It changed everything for Rocky also. Facts, he, and he facts, even facts. mentioned it in this movie, yeah. right? Um, Rocky was cornering... Uh, Creed's corner, and he had a chance to stop the fight because remember, Drago is, this, 
yeah, Drago was this monster, this machine, and he literally beat Creed to death. There's no other way to say it. Literally. And Rocky has been kind of living with that that regret because he had a chance to stop the fight and he didn't. So he has that on his conscience, right? So of course, being how movies do, right? Rocky didn't even want um Apollo to fight Ivan in the first place. He insisted mm -hmm. that Apollo back out of it because he could already tell something bad was gonna happen. Right, exactly. So Rocky, of course, he feels like he has to fight Drago on, which he does, and he beats him, right? So that's that's basically the thing. On Drago's own territory, by the way. In Russia, right. So he was basically... Back then, the Soviet Union. Yeah, so basically he was embarrassed in his home country Wow. by Rocky. Okay. So we never saw the aftermath of what happened to Drago. Right. Except now we, do, now we know. Right. Because Creed II gets into that. And it's very, very, very depressing mm -hmm. for the Drago family. Oh, that, that you know what? This movie... You can actually rename it and, and call it the Drago story. To be honest, yeah, I agree. Because, because, and in my opinion, they were probably the most interesting characters in the movie. And not to say that Michael B. Jordan didn't do his thing, but right. their story was so fascinating on their, their rise, right? Mm -hmm. Where Drago was basically a god in Russia right. to their fall after his loss to Rocky. And it's you so see, you see the aftermath here because now they can't even stay in Russia. They had to; they were forced to relocate into Kiev. Um, and you know, before they had all the accolades, they had all the money, they had all the power, they had all the wealth. In and Rocky. now you see them; they're basically working out of like a shack. Right. They're living out of out of a shack, right. and they're working hard labor. They have no money. The wife left them yes that's right guys see what happened was in rocky 4 we only saw ivan drago more as a villain more mm -hmm. as this crazy deranged monster in the ring versus him being a human being yeah you know we never really saw him you know as a person and it's cool because you know what um in the first movie uh Dolph Lundgren was what six 26 years old oh i'm not sure right? but he was younger he was, he was <laughs> mad young and they didn't give him a lot to do. You know, basically all he had to do was look tough, look mean, look scary, right. and ju Which just punch does. hard. Yeah. Right? This movie, they actually gave him stuff to do. Right. And you you kind of saw how how good of an actor he is. You know what I'm saying? Now he's not he's not gonna win an Academy Award, but he is really good in his role as Drago in this movie, also, because he's got more stuff to do, because of all the the layers and and depth that he has to show um he doesn't he comes in straight as a bad guy right but by the end of the movie he has an arc and you know he ends up in a different place yeah so like what walt was saying a lot happened negatively for ivan drago and his son after you know ivan drago took that l back in the soviet union back in the day against balboa and like you know like walt said his life literally became a living hell. He was basically banished from his homeland, from the motherland. Yep. You know, he was sent into exile, you know, you could say. The name was disgraced. Yeah. The name of Drago meant nothing in, in the Soviet Union. And if and if anymore. that and if you think that was a big surprise, what's an even bigger surprise is that I think her name is Bridget Nielsen, 
who reprised her role as Ludmila. I don't know if I'm pronouncing that right. That's not who, nice. who was Ivan Drago's wife. You know, she she left him. So she left him after he, after he lost to the Italian Stallion back in Rocky IV. Mm -hmm. So it just goes to show that she was just with him for the sake of the fame, the glory. She's a gold digger, you could say. Yeah, and, and, and you, see, you see the toll that that took on the Drago family. Especially um, on her being a mother to yeah. Victor. Is she even qualified to be a mother? No, like, I don't she even think so. To, I know? think she's a cold-hearted you-know-what. You know? yeah. um, Female canine species. Exactly. And um, you, you see how you know Victor is, is fighting in these underground fights, right? That's right. what it seemed like. Yeah. And you had the father, Ivan, just relentlessly pushing him you know it didn't it didn't even look like a father-son relationship it looked more like um I, I don't even know what to call it right he, uh, he was just know. he was basically you know you know it was a sense of the father kind of thing and you know what it's interesting that you say that because this movie is all about that this movie is all about um the relationships between the fathers and the sons and the son redeeming their father exactly you know and and Even it's not and it's not only just creed and drago there's at least probably like two more instances of you know father and son relationships that they throw into this movie but i think we're getting ahead of ourselves right right so you know? all right so going back to um the la um mention that you that you brought up right so right the reason they went to la was because prior to that buddy marcel found Drag the Drago family, and he basically said, oh, this would be a great matchup, um, a professional matchup, if I were to get, if I were to promote Victor Drago versus Adonis Creed. Right. So you have the sons of the fathers now fighting each other. And the way that Adonis and Creed there's a found connection out, to that. the way Adonis Creed found out about it, right. he saw the press conference on, on the TV. Yeah. He, they didn't even have the balls to go to him and say, hey, Let's try and do it. They went on TV, had a press conference, and publicly called out Adonis Creed. Yo, and so, this happened the same night that Adonis Creed became WBC heavyweight champion of the world. Like he was just out with Bianca, you know, celebrating the victory, yep. you know. And next thing you know, they see on on the TV that you know Buddy Marcel and his boy are already calling out. So calling Adonis out was kind of put in, in an impossible position. You know, he's being he just won the championship. He's being called out by Drago. Everybody knows the history between them two. So naturally, what does he do? He goes to Rocky, right? Right. And he says, yo, Rocky, train me. What does Rocky say? No, he, he can't. He's going to have to go without him. Yep. Because of, you know, the personal issues that happened in the past already. He doesn't want to see um, another creed die in his hands. Exactly. And, and like I said, that regret, like you said, that night changed everything. Not only for the Drago family, but it also changed for Rock also. Yeah, because he was never the same, and he even said it when he was talking to Adonis. You know, he he said Drago broke things in him that still haven't been fixed. Just think about that comment. Think about how how right. that thing has has stayed with him all those years, and that's the reason why he didn't want. He actually didn't want again Creed, another Creed, to take the fight. Right. He said, do you, you have, he has everything to gain. You have everything to lose. But, you know, we could understand from Adonis Creed's perspective why he had to take this fight. Because, yo, Victor Drago isn't another fighter who's, you know, who him or his promoter are calling out the champion of fight. This is personal. 
Oh, absolutely. There's a deep vendetta going on here, particularly absolutely. because of Victor's father. And Rocky called him out on that. Right. He said, he said, why are you taking this fight? Yeah, and by the way, Rocky found out about all of this when Ivan went over to Rocky's restaurant. Oh, because was, because Rocky's was, a small business owner in the movie. He owns a restaurant. Yeah. Yeah, Ivan went over to the restaurant. That was right? a crazy scene, man. Yo, that was you know, that was There deep. was not a lot going on, but there was a lot going on in that scene. Yeah, so Ivan and Rocky were over at Rocky's restaurant talking, you know, you know, about the past and whatnot, while Adonis and Bianca were at the at the diner thing, the restaurant. Yeah, I think so. Um, watching that press conference mm -hmm. of Buddy Marcel and and Victor and Ivan, whatever, calling them out. But Ivan told Rocky everything about his past that after um, their fight that night, yep. how his life changed. And like what Walt and I already said, you know, it was all downhill for Ivan Drago right there. And it, it only sucks that Victor, you know, was affected, his own son, mm -hmm. you know. And, and the line that he gives to Rocky in the restaurant, yeah. my boy will break your boy. Right. Those words break. That, like he and, said it. Yeah, you know? and that that's a callback to that first fight yeah. because he goes to Rocky and he was like, I must break you. And he kept saying that word like numerous times throughout the movie. If, I don't know if you remember. Yeah. He kept saying, break him, break him, yeah, finish him. That's a Drago thing, I guess. I guess they trademarked that, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you never know, and, right? And um, to, to do a – I can't really say the word, but to put up a – what was it? Like a real – What's the what, word like, I'm looking for? <laughs> like a real life instance or something like that, or I don't like, know. Like, uh, man, listen. Just, at the end of the day, that was just a dick move. I'm just gonna say. Yeah, it, like, right? yeah. Let's just say. Let's just put it that way. You yeah. know, for him to, to walk into the restaurant and tell him, and 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 then as he's walking out, he I looks gonna, at the I was, picture. I was gonna see. I was. I was just gonna say that that Ivan, as he was walking out the restaurant with his son Victor, who popped up at the end, he pointed. A, at a picture of Apollo Creed in, Ross, in Rocky's restaurant and said, nice picture. Mm -hmm. The entire time he was baiting him. And I, and I guess that kind of makes sense. It was because, a whole dick move. Because that's how you, <laughs> that's how you do in promoting, right? That's true. You, you, you got you to gotta push the other guy's buttons, right. right? By the way, there were no pictures of Ivan Drago at the restaurant. I'm guessing, you know, of course. I wonder why. <laughs> yeah, because that was very personal for Rocky. He yeah, doesn't exactly. want to see that, you know, So um, that scar. So you had that scene. So so basically, you know, what ha what happens is Rocky says, well, you know what? If you're going to take this fight, you're going to do it alone because I'm not going to be a part of it. And so that's the reason why they move out to Los Angeles. Right, because he had to take it, you know, whether he liked it or not or whether Rocky approved or not. And he needed a trainer. And that trainer ended up being the son of the father that trained Apollo, Apollo Creed. Creed. And that same trainer was also the trainer of Andre Ward, a.k.a. Danny Wheeler, yep. in their first fight. So now this guy was, I don't, I don't know his name, but now he was the one training um, Adonis Creed. Yeah, the, the character's fight. name was Tony Little Duke Evers. Yeah, him. There you go. So, um, you know, in a typical movie, you know, it's a typical Rocky movie. So what happens? Adonis rushes into this fight blindly. And Deep down, he needed Rocky's blessing, but yeah, he had so to go on with it. In, in a nutshell, things didn't go well. No. You know, no. I was actually going to score the fight as I usually do in, in real-life boxing matches. I was going to score the fight on a 10-point must system. So for the first round, the first round went well. I mean, not not for Creed, but, you know, it went well. Mm -hmm. It went the full distance. I had a 10-9 um, Drago, 
Drago clear, clearly had that round. Oh, he had. You could you could tell he had the power shots the whole way. Right. You know, the, the, some of the shots that he was he wasn't even trying to do. He was just going straight for the kill. By the way, this fight was at the Barclays Center in Brooklyn, New York. Nice. I found out because I was watching. I was like, Barclays Center. Oh wow, this is in Brooklyn. Wow. There you go. You know, go hard in Brooklyn. But then the second round is where everything changed. Oh yeah, yeah that's that's when literally Drago. Victor Drago threw a lot of kidney shots. At um at Adonis Creed, mm-hmm. and that really affected Adonis. He broke his ribs, right? In that yeah, I mean, I'm so. among some of the other injuries that he sustained because and those shots uh, hurt, man. Those are worse than headshots, to be honest. Yeah, and I speak from personal experience. So um, what eventually happened is that obviously he lost the fight. Um, no, no, but let's let's he, also say that he got knocked down right from a lot of those heavy shots, and then Victor Drago still hit him when he was down. Oh yeah, right. So I, listen. Ivan Drago, he he let the dogs loose after the second round. He basically told them, "Go ahead, if he if he dies, he dies." He does, right. right. So basically. referee Kenny referee Kenny Bayless, I think Kenny Bayless was the referee in that fight. He had to stop the fight. Obviously, it was a disqualification, but because you can't hit a guy while he's already down, right? Mm-hmm. So it was a disqualification. Um, Victor Drago technically lost, but like you said, Walt to me at one time, he destroyed Adonis Creed. Absolutely. Realistically. I mean. Adonis went to the hospital. He had what? Um, a broken orbital bone. Right. He had broken ribs. He had lacerations to like his kidneys. Let me let me tell you. Not only did Adonis came out come out of that fight with a broken ego, he came out of that with a broken body. And um, even though he was the champ still, yeah, because because um, of the disqualification, because the WBC did um, apparently didn't contest the referee's decision, right. To make it, you know. So technically, he was still the champ, but I don't think he didn't feel like the champ. Yeah, it didn't feel like he was the champ at that point. I mean, totally bruised and battered. Uh, you know, ego. Right. Everything that, everything that you can break in a person, spirit, mind, body. Adonis was broken. Right, because it's one thing to be a champion, but it's another to actually feel like a champion. Right. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And so um, Rocky came through to the hospital, by the way. He did. And Adonis still wasn't about reconciling at that point. No. So he basically threw him out. Right. And um, well, Rocky walked out because he didn't want to make things worse. Yeah, he was he was getting agitated. Adonis was already stuff. bedridden and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So what what ends up happening is obviously eventually Adonis gets out and um, he has to start trying to rebuild his life. But he doesn't do very well at that either. You know, no. he starts pulling away not only from his trainers, he stops going. You know, there's a point where he drives to the gym. Um, the trainer comes out, Evers, right. and says, hey, jump in, let's go. And he was like, oh, yeah, yeah, I'll be there in a second. But and he then he drives off. He just drives off. Um, he starts becoming disconnected from his wife. And at by this the point. way, he's still WPC heavyweight champion yeah. of the world, but that doesn't mean he feels. And, right, exactly. Like and champion. he's not training. And. You know he's he's increasingly disconnected from his wife, right? right? And there's there's that disconnection, and you know Tessa re- reaches out, uh, Tessa's character reaches out to the mom, and, you know, reaches out to Rocky, you know, to try and bring him back, right? right? Um, and there, at some point, there's even talk of stripping him from the title. There was, you he, know, yeah. Um, again, the guy, the what, the trainer's name, Evers. Yeah, Evers. He was saying that. He would have that Adonis Creed would eventually have to vacate the WBC title That's if right. he didn't defend it at a certain time. Little Duke, little yeah. Duke. 
Yeah. Yeah. Little Duke is yeah. just spouting some truth to him. Yeah. And it still doesn't work, right? So um, I think what, what ends up happening is that we have a little surprise um, where um, Adonis and, and Bianca yep. go to the mom's house, right? Right. What, what is it that they were going to tell her at that Wait, point? About the... No. Um, they were, they were they were going to they were going to her because um he was he was now getting to the point where he was like you know what i think i'm gonna fight him again i'm ready but i'm gonna have to fight him oh again. right right so right. basically he wanted his mom's blessing so to speak mm -hmm. um to let her know that you know, he's gonna get a rematch because you know like i said He's WBC heavyweight champion of the world, but he doesn't feel like the champion. So he has to defend that status, yeah. that ego. Well, not only that, he's got to defend the title or else they'll take it away from him. Exactly. Right? So they, they go to the house and the intention is to tell the mom, hey, listen, I'm going to have to fight this guy again. Drago too. Yeah, I can't let this pass. Not only did I lose to him, but I won, Right. Not only do I have to avenge my father, I have to prove to the boxing community, right, everybody out there, that I'm still the champ. Right. And he and Drago continues to call me out. I gotta fight him. And in an interesting twist, and a lot's on the table here because yes, everything, everything, personal there. and professional at the same time. Exactly. So everything's there. So they're ready to tell the mom, and the mom misunderstands the conversation. She's assuming something else, and she assumes she's like, oh. Don't worry, you don't have to tell me anything because I know exactly what you're going to tell Based me. Based on what Bianca's eating, how she looks. Bianca's and, pregnant. Yeah. And they're like, nah. Wait, what? what? No way. Like, mom got jokes, huh? <laughs> One pregnancy test later, and guess what? Mom knew what was up because. So she was right. Yeah, they didn't know. <laughs> exactly. So Bianca was pregnant. Yeah. So With that, a little girl. That adds an, another interesting wrinkle to the whole thing. And, you know, one of the subplots is whether the, the little girl can hear when she's born. Right. Right. And there's that because emotional. It is hereditary. Right. Exactly. So there's that emotional bent that happens there. Just but to make things more personal, right? Exactly. It's just now you're fighting for family. Now you're fighting for your father. Now you're fighting for legacy. Your now you're fighting for redemption. Yeah. You got all that stuff mixed in, That's right? That's a lot of pressure. So Rocky comes back. He comes back. He comes back. He says, you know what? Uh, um, he watched the fight, the first fight. At his restaurant, you know, it was it was highly upsetting to him watching, and it was it was very tough watching him watch that fight because. And then what he explained to Adonis at in that scene was, um, it's not the fact that you fought him; it's the way you fought him, mm -hmm. right? Because Adonis wasn't fighting him like in a certain way because Rocky's already fought Ivan Drago, Rocky, so he knows and he knows his tendencies, right? And Rocky was gonna. T tell um what's his name adonis that there's a certain way to fight his son absolutely and to beat his son right because this is the blueprints to that because he beat the father and right. the father naturally is going to teach the son what he knows so you're gonna have a similar style right so and rocky knows how to beat that style right and so, although rocky was against adonis fighting victor in the first place he realized that adonis did what he had to do and that he needed to go out and do it you know do it again but in a right way yeah, you know. So this is gonna be where I'm gonna criticize the movie just a little bit, right? Okay. Because so far up to now, and like I said, very entertaining movie, right? But mm -hmm. 
you're kind of following the plot of almost every Rocky movie that's mm-hmm. out there, right? You have a, you have a point where you know you, the fighter rushes in, things don't go well, you have adversity, right? You have like this rags to riches, meteoric rise, and then all of a sudden there's a downfall. But you also have the training montage, right? Right, yeah. You always, in a Rocky movie, you have to have a point where there's like at least a good five to (laughs) ten minutes of a a montage of Of, him training. Of both fighters. Of both fighters, right? No, but hey, bro, that that makes great fighting movies, you know? I know, I know. But like I said, when when I see movies, I kind of want to say something different, right? And like I said, not that's to what's say to be expected, though. right, exactly. And but that's what I enjoy. I want to see something different, right? You right. know, I, I don't want to see the same story over and over again. Now, like I said, well, you I'm see gonna, different places where they train, <laughs> exactly. So I'm gonna temper this by saying I still love the movie. I just wish that they kind of went a different route. How so? I don't, and, and that's the thing. <laughs> I don't know how we we could have done it better. But like I said, it, it was kind of one of these things where I'm sitting in a movie theater and you kind of know exactly what's going to happen next, right? Right. There was no real suspense. It, it is going to predi- be. It is predictable. It is predictable. There but it's fun to watch. Oh, absolutely. At the same time. Absolutely. I thought I thought it was fantastic, right? Yeah. So like training montage wise, since you so, brought that up, Rocky's place of training was in Siberia, back in Rocky Four, right? Yep. Right out there in the cold, snowy mountains, and. Uh, Adonis Creed's training montage was in the hot, scorching desert, I believe, of Las Vegas. No, I think they went to Mexico. Oh, that wasn't even that Las was that was Mexico? Mexico, bro. Wow, I didn't even know they went. They well, went, it was in the desert. They went full south of the border on this Woo! one. You know what I'm saying? Dang. And and it's interesting because the way they trained is, I, and I'm going to throw this to you because obviously you're a boxer, you've trained for many years. Yes. Would you say that's kind of unorthodox the, the way that they were training? Very unorthodox. In, you know? that, in that scorching heat, like like in a small, you know, grassroots gym, so to speak, in the middle of the desert. Listen, there was no walls, right? Yeah. It was basically a tent with a ring. And the way they were training too? It, it was crazy. And they had the tire in the middle of the ring. Right. I mean, like I've seen fighters do that, but damn, it it's not happening in like, you know, in a four, you know, in a four walled you know, roof. Um, right. There's no closed, air conditioning. Closed roof. To, you, know, you know, building. You're you're out there with <laughs> the elements on top of you know trying to impose your will on another individual. Right. right. You're fighting. You're fighting your opponent and nature at the same time. Which is an interesting way of doing it. You know, and um, but so let me ask you. Let me ask you this. Um, is there anything in that montage <laughs> that you'll probably take to the gym yourself and say, you know what? Let me try this. You know. All right, it would have been the first um, – well, I don't know if you could really do this at the gym. Well, they would do this with a tire, but with the sledgehammer, he was, oh, hitting, yeah. he was hitting the ground. Like, he was hitting the dirt. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. Hitting the sand, whatever. Mm-hmm. And he was just hitting it, hitting that until he, like, made a hole, so to speak, right? I don't think you could do that in the gym. No. <laughs> with that, you like... could do it with a tire, right? And uh, I'm guessing the one thing I would take from that movie that I definitely need to work on would be the tire in the ring. Mm-hmm. Both guys going toe-to-toe. Um, working right. body you punches. You can't move from there. You're, exactly. You're, you're basically, it's almost like taking um, a string and tying around your your lead legs, right? Exactly. And then you just can't move. You have to stay in that position, right? And, and folks, the purpose of that training is to work on body punches and resiliency of the core to see who lasts longer. Because as much as it's important to, you know, have, you know, have a strong head and, you know, how to move around, counterattack and whatnot, you need to have a solid core because you already saw Adonis Creed got knocked you know, knocked down with multiple kidney shots, right? And let me tell you something, getting hit in the solar plex 
is just as bad, if not worse, mm-hmm. because your oxygen starts to wear out. You yeah. know, it's hard to breathe. Listen, it's hard to get up. There, there's a reason why you you preach body shots because you know what body shots it takes more damage out of the, your opponent, right? Because right. you're you're you go for headshots because you want to knock somebody out. Exactly. You go for body punches because you wanna you wanna tire the the your opponent out. Exactly. You wanna you're basically chopping down the tree with those body punches. And I'm gonna say this folks that from speaking from prior experience, it's a lot worse to get hit in the body than to get hit at the head. Because let's say you were to get knocked down, you know, via a headshot, you don't necessarily feel that until you're already down, you know? Yep. Because you just you know flash out right there but if getting hit in the body that's very slow and painful you feel that going down so getting back to the story um we've got the dragos who you know now everybody were in full promotion mode right because uh, creed's accepted the fight drago he's he's doing their train the training montage happened right and um drago is since back he, is back in the good graces of his Russian compatriots. Yeah, right? since he's back up there, he's welcome back to the motherland. Oh yeah, along he, with his father, he embarrassed the American pig, right? Yeah, even <laughs> if em- it was a disqualification, ultimately. Exactly, but now, yeah, you know, and no, but the other thing is that Drago has been consistently fighting after that, right? Right, right. and he's, he's consistently winning. destroying everybody after that. Very much like yeah, a, that's a better um, word than saying winning. Yeah, <laughs> he, he's Mike Tysoning everybody. You, you know what I'm saying? And no so, biting years off. No biting years off, right? Um, and so we got to talk about the dinner. Oh, that's right. The pre-fight dinner. That that dinner was was hard. All right, that dinner so, was rough, right? So Ivan Drago and his son, Victor Drago, were in this room full of fake people, we could say. Oh, yeah. Fake, um, fake people around them. You know? Brown nosing, yeah. sycophants. Yeah, a bunch of gold diggers, you know. Yeah, exactly. Ready you know? to bring Russia back on top, especially in the heavyweight division. Mm-hmm. And surprisingly, one person shows up back into their lives. Ludmila. Out of nowhere. Reprised by Bridget Nielsen. Out of nowhere. I mean, when I was watching oh. it, my my jaw just dropped because I was like, oh my gosh, she's back. Yo, wasn't that her from Rocky Four? Absolutely. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And, and she, of so, course, she looks hella old now, but still, though. And and the thing about it is that I don't think I've ever heard anybody mention that she was going to be in the film before. It. There was no leak whatsoever. It was, yeah, it was just one of these things of just utter shock. It was like, oh, my gosh, she's back. I think that was meant to be a big surprise. And you know what? Ivan it, and Victor m- were really m- surprised. Movie, yeah, especially Victor. Victor was just like, he was like, what the hell is she doing here? Yeah, and then, like, you could tell he was thinking, like, yo, he was looking at his father, Ivan. He was like, yo, yo. That's my mom. And you know what? I gotta say something. The the actor that played Victor, yeah, big he, ha- he hasn't been in a lot of movies. He's a professional boxer, right. right? By trade, fitness model by not trade or whatever you want to call it. Side, side hustle, I exactly. Guess. Side yeah. hustle, right? Yeah. For a guy who really hasn't done a lot in terms of acting, he did an excellent job selling that scene. Yo, facts. But I think it's also because, like, just as you know, as a person, as a fighter. He's naturally being himself, you know, yeah. in the ring and probably outside the ring. But yeah. that moment was very personal. So he had to be really in the moment for that, I'm mm-hmm. thinking, because he had to pretend, you know, that's his mom. Well, in this case, obviously, especially for him personally, his fake mom, mm-hmm. right? So he, obviously, he was pissed off. He got out. He he got out. And then, you know, Ivan followed um, over to him. And that's where truth happens, right? Exactly. That's when, when Drago, when Vic- Victor confronts Ivan. 
And he's like, what the hell is she doing here? Why is she here? Da, da, da. And, then, and all these people, they put you to shame. Right, exactly. You know, you know he Victor is, is is telling truth to his father. Yeah. And his father still can't. Ivan can't accept can't, that. He can't figure it out Because yet. Ivan is just saying, because I lost. I lost. But you won't. Right. How so, sure are you? So You're he's, underestimating he's three dogs. He's putting all of his guilt. He's putting all of his failure onto Victor. Sins of the father. Exactly. And, and you know, it's. You, you think about it and you watch how the movie progresses and Victor is really a sympathetic character because basically all he does, he does to please his father in this movie. That's all it is. There is no motivation. He doesn't care about fighting Creed. He yeah. doesn't care about the, the fame. He does He wants to have a normal relationship with his father and it never happens. Right, exactly. It never happens because the father is so focused and driven on on his failures and on bringing the name back and getting back to Russia, getting into his good graces, right. maybe even reconciling with his wife and stuff like that, that he completely forgets that who's standing in front of him is his son. Right. You know? And it's it's kind of heartbreaking. Victor's um, so innocent because there was no Victor Drago back in Rocky Four, you know? We, we could just say that Victor was just a baby or not even conceived yet. Yeah, it's you know? possible. And he was born and bred into this cruel world. And cruel is, it is, it is what it is because even at the beginning, um, you see Ivan pushing him when he's running. And Victor falls down, right? He's he's totally gassed out. Right. And and Ivan tells him something like, oh, you know, this isn't running or something, something really demeaning, something really bad. You know, and it's just like, wow, really? That's how you're going to talk to your son? I understand yeah, it's like, you're, you're say pushing him and what? you're, you're right. trying to make him a better fighter. But, dude, have a little compassion, right? Like when I say run faster, run faster. There you go. And That's then, the thing that he said. And then freaking um, Ivan's back there. He's just he's stepping on it in the car mm-hmm. to make his son run faster right in front of him. And, like, yo, like, like I said, Victor Drago was born and bred into this cruel world in which he was banished by his own country he didn't even know why until his father explained to him mm-hmm. and all of this is because of the father ivan drago so let's you know? talk about these relationships because this is what really truly drives the entire movie in regards to ludmila like i said she's a gold digger because she's back because she sees her son victor having a meteoric rise yep yeah and so she's only there for the fame right and mm-hmm. now this rematch of of creed drago is going to happen not in the U.S., but in Russia. In Russia. Just like in Rocky IV, you know, the first fight was in the U.S., second was in the Soviet Union. So you have... It's in Drago's backyard. Yeah. And so with with the relationship, you have Creed here. And Creed is is trying to find his identity throughout the entire movie. Right. And But we see another struggle in his opponent. Right. So you have those two dynamics. You have Creed, Adonis, who really doesn't know his place right now because right now everybody recognizes him as Apollo's son. And especially now that he's won the championship, having Drago, the Drago family, come out of the woodwork at the time that they did, again, it became all about his father, not about his successes, right? So he's struggling with that throughout the movie. Right. You know, who am I? You know, how do I live up to the legacy of my father? How do I become my own boxer? How do I fashion my own legacy? Exactly. Right? So you have that dynamic going, right? Then you have Drago and his son. And Ivan and, and Victor. Right, Ivan <sighs> and Victor. 
And the dynamic there is that is, is it's a different one, right? Drago Ivan, the father, mm-hmm. was this prototypical fighter, unbeatable until he was beaten. And then the family felt the family name, it fell into shame, it fell into disrepute, you know, banished from and exiled from his country. Yeah. And now you have the father pushing all of that responsibility and all that guilt and all that it's failure crazy. onto his son. And let me tell you something, that guy's he's pretty big, right? He's six foot four, 245 pounds. He actually had to cut weight to do this movie because they thought he was too big to stand in front of Michael B. Jordan wow. and make it believable, right? And Big Nasty's already a natural heavyweight. And he's, he's got, you see him and he's got these massive shoulders, but you know what? Those massive shoulders still can't handle the weight of his father's legacy. Right. So again, Big you have another speaking. you have another son that's struggling with the legacy of his father, right? And then now you look at Rocky, which we haven't spoken about enough in this in this quick slice so far, right? Mm-hmm. Rocky, if we remember, right, he has a son, and in this movie, we see that he has a son who we haven't seen since the last Rocky movie, I believe. Rocky right. Balboa, Rocky Six. Rocky Six, right? Right. Who's played by Milo Ventimiglia, okay. right? Um, he's from Heroes. He's currently starring in a, a great TV show mm-hmm. called This Is Us, right? So apparently Rocky, Rocky's son already has a son of his own. Therefore, Rocky's already a grandfather. Right. And he never even actually seen his grandson. Well, he hasn't even spoken to his his son in how many years? Right. Since, I think, since Adrian passed away, right? Right. And he kept explaining. Adrian oh, being his wife. Rocky's right. wife. Right. And he kept explaining every time at, he was at Adrian's grave that he would call his son. I think he, his, his, his name, name is Robert. Bob. Robert. So he would say he would call him Bobby, right? Yeah. So he was explaining to Adrian that, you know, I keep calling Bobby, but then once he's about to pick up, I hang up mm-hmm. because, you know, he, he's just at a loss of words of what to say. And, and, it's, and it's been a minute. Like, they, how do you explain, you know? Did they ever explain why he stopped calling or what happened to the relationship between know. them? Because I know it, they, I don't, and I don't, maybe I'm, I'm forgetting. I don't know if they ever really truly made it clear why he stopped calling. I think, what it is is now that so much time has passed, he doesn't know how to call him. That's back. what I'm saying. It's awkward you know right because of how long. Yeah, it's, it's been. like it's it's not like you can call him and say, "Hey, dude, what's up?" Yeah, it's been decades since they've had a, a conversation yeah. of a relationship, right? Exactly. So I think there you have Rocky struggling in his relationship, right? The father's son. Um, struggle dynamic is real in this movie. Absolutely. I think this is that's the thing that drives the entire movie, right? Mm-hmm. So let's get to the fight. Let's get to the weigh-in. Oh, let's get to the weigh-in. That's uh, true. Let's get into the weigh-in of this of the second match, the rematch between Creed and Drago in Moscow. So Creed um weighs in and then Victor Drago weighs in, then they have their face off, and this is where it gets really personal. Oh right? yeah. Oh man, so that you know, just looking at each other, you know, face to face, and then Ivan looks over at um at Adonis and he's like he says something like you're smaller than your father mm-hmm. right and then you know and that's Adon- <laughs> around that time that's when he loses it right that's another dick move like earlier Adonis but you notice just you know yep. says, says like what, what do you say like what do you say like we could exactly was right now and you notice and Victor just pushes again it's Ivan Adonis right there 
Ivan that's driving this. Because it's Victor, always been Ivan. Victor's not doing anything. He's just kind of he's almost like a spectator to this whole thing, right? Mm-hmm. He's the fighter, but none of it is his doing. Everything is Ivan pushing, 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 pushing for this fight, right? Mm-hmm. So um, yeah, and so Adonis loses it at that point and stuff, you know. And um, now it's now it's on. It's on. Now now it's on. You know, it's, it's literally the time where you got to go. Let's get ready to rumble. Exactly, and there you go. You're and, you're, I was gonna say right there. Dude you know what? There. This goes right. <laughs> this goes right into another HBO pay per view. And by the way, for um, y'all who didn't know, speak I said, on it. Yeah, speak on it. I, <laughs> I said in one of my last quick slices that um, in regards to HBO boxing, their finale was on October twenty seventh, I believe. No, no, no. Their finale was November twenty first. <laughs> let's be real. All right, right? All right. Let's be. Yeah. Let's be real. <laughs> that okay. In legit reality terms, HBO boxing's. Finale was on October 27, 2018 at the Hulu Theater in Madison Square Garden between Daniel Jacobs versus Sergei Derevyanchenko, right? Oh, nice the way you said that last name. Right. I would have screwed that up I really. Had, I had to say that in syllables, brother. You know? But um, so that was like the legit, you could say, finale of HBO Boxing. But you know what? The real HBO Boxing finale was in Moscow, Russia, between a rematch of Creed versus Drago. Let me say it again. A rematch of Adonis Creed versus Victor Drago. Creed versus Drago 2. two. <laughs> That's how you end HBO Boxing there after 45 go. years. So we had back in well, 45 years ago. What was that? Do the math. 1973? Mm-hmm. Right? You had George Foreman versus um, Smoke and Joe Frazier, I believe. That was the very first HBO Boxing Oh, really? Match. I didn't even know that. I believe so. Okay. So that was the first HBO Boxing match. Um was it? Foreman versus Frazier. Foreman Frazier all the way to 2018 Creed Drago 2. That's crazy. In yeah. Moscow, Russia. And you had Jim Bladley there. That's right. You had Max Kellerman there. Did we have Harold Letterman? Yo, we didn't have Harold. They didn't have Harold Letterman. How did they not How include did they? I mean, I look, know. we had Michael Buffer was in it, right? You said Michael Buffer? Michael Buffer. Right. He was the one that called the the, the fight at yeah. the very beginning. He always says, you know, you know, the ring announcer. Exactly. You know, iconic words. How do you not have Harold Letterman there? Yo, man, that's... Joe, that's a legend right there, man. That's the greatest of all time in regards to judges, man. Yeah, he, he's he, a living legend. He's 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 the one that that um you scores may, the fight, the right, unofficial you, score, the unofficial score. Yeah, you may not see his face um necessarily on TV, but you hear his voice a lot. So and and, and the you, famous you know throwback to hey, and you know he goes and he tells the rules the, the about ta- boxing, the tail, the tail, and, whatnot, yeah. and then he goes. Jim! Jim! <laughs> How can you not have Harold Lundman there? That? That's a travesty. For that, they lose a star. Yes. <laughs> yes. All right. So 19 just became 18. There you go. You know yeah. what I'm saying? It's 18 out of 20 rings of power. So That is true. <laughs> so the fight starts, right? There we go. We got... We oh, got, I'm sorry. Not to like fast forward right into the fight, but I want to talk about entrances, Walt. And we talk about we <gasps> talked about this before. Yep. And so let, let me put it to you this way, guys. Okay. <laughs> This is how this quick slice came about, okay? We had both... I had seen the movie first. Right. Right? Balrog saw it on the Tuesday or I the Monday? So. I believe so. Uh, one, I one of the two. Whatever. Right? I saw it after you. And right after that, we got into this texting thing, which lasted, what, like two, three hours? Yeah. There's so, so much to say. We just had to make it a slice. So, And this is not the first time we've done this, right? Right. So, because like when Solo that. came out, oh my God. a Star Wars story... We both saw that together. Probably the most controversial movie of the year. Absolutely. But we ended up geeking out over that movie. So the movie started at what? Like 7 o'clock? 
what, we were, about Solo? Yeah, we're talking about Solo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We were out of the movie theater by like nine. Not to get sidetracked, people, but yeah. we have to talk about this. But this is how this is the genesis of how this episode happened, right? Yeah. So the movie ended around about nine, mm-hmm. and we geeked out about that movie until like what three or four o'clock in the morning. And not to get into toppings regarding Solo, but we just have to say this. All right, so the Easter egg cameo at the end was in regards to you know my okay. book. Oh, spoiler! <laughs> just in case. But if you haven't seen the movie and you're listening to this podcast, what are you doing? Because we talk about pop culture. We especially talk about Star Wars. So if you're listening to this podcast, I'm assuming you're a fan of Star Wars. You should know already. You probably have seen the movie Solo. But for the people that haven't, we're going to put a quick spoiler. But we already are talking about spoilers with Creed anyway. But just to let you know, there's going to be a quick 10-second spoiler about solo a star wars movie balrog go all right so y'all been warned you had like half a year or more to watch solo so i don't know why you would listen to this podcast right now but and not know solo but anyway easter egg cameo at the end of solo my main man walt over here his boy darth maul is back on the big screen well no not darth maul he's not darth maul anymore maul. he's just maul exactly and there's a whole backstory to that like he, he lost that darth title like whatever but anyway He's a crime boss now of, we could say, something called the Shadow Collective, which is a collection of all of these under underworld organizations. So you yeah, have the, the, crim, the Crimson Hutt, Dawn. The Hutts report to him. The Crimson Dawn, the Hutt Cartel, you know, um, I forgot the, 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 black, the Black Sun and all, yeah, these, yeah, and yeah. all these other um, so basically, institutions. So basically, he's the big boss. He's the godfather you know? exactly. of Star Wars. Yeah, you know? yeah Maul, so, Maul and Brando. There you go. Maul, <laughs> Maul and Brando, exactly, yeah, yeah. you know. So, All right, so yeah, we were geeking out over Maul. We actually did a timeline of his entire life, right? Yeah. And how it fit within the Star Wars timeline. He was 22 years old during the events of Phantom Menace which he killed when he killed Qui-Gon Jinn, which was back in 1999. Yep. He was 22 years old because we did the math here. We're not going to get too much into it, but let's just say this dude had a really effed up life. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Really effed up. Really. And, like, and, you, you think Creed's life or Drago's life is effed up? Maul, Maul you don't know Maul. You don't exactly. know Maul. <laughs> but anyway, let's get back to Creed, right? <laughs> so the entrances, right? So this was another little bit of criticism that I had because you know what? The movie for me has been really grounded in realism at this point. And then Drago's entrance was well, fine. Walt is about to talk about Creed's entrance. That's the one he's really criticizing. Yeah, Drago's but, entrance was fine. I, I could see that happening. Creed's entrance, however, a little over the top. All right, now before Walt gets into Creed's entrance, because I already know what he's gonna say, and it's gonna he's gonna go ham on that one. Ooh. Let me discuss Victor Drago's entrance because he was the underdog of that fight, right? Yeah, because he's not the the, the world heavyweight. Well, champion. was he an underdog really? Because even though he well, was you the know, champ, I mean, you know what I mean. Like he's not the title holder, like, right? He's the title holder, but maybe in Vegas's eyes, he right. was probably he was probably not the underdog. Creed was based in, on what happened in the other fight. In right? Mother Russia's eyes, yeah, and he's Russia, the champion. Oh yeah, absolutely. Okay, anyway, he's the people's champion. Anyway, Putin's people aside, <laughs> <laughs> um, Victor Drago's entrance was so glorious. I cannot get over that. Like, just I'm on YouTube just listening to the Drago walkout theme. Oh yeah, like, yo, that theme is so glorious and just so great because look, think about it. You, you had Victor Drago and his father, Ivan Drago, right? Mm-hmm. Who were banished from Mother Russia, right? 
basically mm-hmm. they were like in Yoda's position when he went over to Dagobah when he was exiled, right? Because of, you know, Order 66, <laughs> but yeah, whatever. Yeah, Order 66 happened in Rocky Four. yeah. Exactly. <laughs> yeah say that, right? But um, so you have them return back to Mother Russia, right? And then you have, and just the song itself, like the theme, it has like this opera theme to it. Mm-hmm. It's, it just like, it fits. It portrays the glory that he deserves because he's coming back after all these decades. Mm-hmm. The Drago family's back, you know, they're back, you know, up there in the boxing hierarchy yep. after all these years. And he just walks out, you know, all angry, all pumped up, ready to, you know, destroy. And, and I think that's the right word was to destroy or to break. Yeah, that's, that's all he creed, does. Right? Drago the destroyer, right? And, you know, his people are cheering him on, you know, but how many of them are real to begin with, right? Yep. And he just goes into the ring ready to rumble. I, I yeah. like that. I like that that entrance, but it was totally overshadowed by what happened next. Yes, it was. Because Creed's entrance was something. It was very sci-fi-ish. That's what I told Walt. I was expecting portals to open. Yeah, let, let's let me say what happened first. Like we so after Victor Drago's entrance yeah. entrance, right? The the all the lights went out, it was dark. The, the stadium which, was dark. Which happens in boxing matches, That's fine. right? That's okay. fine. But here's where it gets weird. All right. So we see a, a small flicker of blue light, right? Travel around the stadium, right? Yeah. And then it falls over, like, the entrance gateway to where Adonis is going to walk walk mm-hmm. out, right? And next thing you know... We have a concert. Yeah. Well, but it's cool, though. The, I, I actually I've, like that We've part. seen that happen. Yeah, right? absolutely. But it's You've the seen, way it started. It was so cinematic that it it didn't look like it's something that you could pull off in real life. Yeah, because it was so sci-fi because that blue light that I mentioned, it dropped down and then it turned into like this like this hologram straight out of Star Wars. And I was like, wait, this wait, is this like Star Wars right now? Because I told Walt, like, yo, Walt, it looks like it's about to be like, sir, incoming message from Moscow. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> it it was know? just it was just it was a little over the top and And it was Bianca who was singing and she and she, she was fantastic. She, that that she, thing was fantastic. Absolutely. It was just it kind of pulled me out of the film a little bit because everything else had been so kind of realistic, as realistic as you can get in a cinematic, mm-hmm. you know, movie and stuff like that. Right. And then that happened and it, it just kind of pulled me out and I was like, it reminds you you're watching a movie. And the best type of movies are the ones that really immerse yourself in there. Right. And you're not, you're just, it's two hours and you don't even realize that you're a movie. That's the best kind of movie. Mm-hmm. That that little specific moment kind of reminded you, hey. This is a movie. This is a movie. This exactly. Movie. You know? But um, I'm sorry, not to get sidetracked again, but if you remember the first Creed movie, again, toppings, spoilers. Mm-hmm. Um, Adonis Creed's main opponent in the first movie, his name is pretty Rick, Ricky Conlon yeah. in the movie. But in real life, he's an actual fighter named Tony Bellew. So just like um, Big Nasty, I don't know his full name. Vi- Flor- Vi- Florian Montu or something like that? Right. So point is, Victor Drago's um, actor, Big Nasty, I'm just calling him Big Nasty because that's his ring name. He's a real fighter. And Tony Bellew in the first Creed movie is a real is a real fighter as well. And that is... This has a been theme that's been happening for a couple of movies. It's now. been recurring since Rocky Five, I believe. Walt told me before. Yeah, so Rocky Five featured Tony Morrison. Tony Morrison was the WBO wow. heavyweight champ, and um, his career was cut short because he tested positive for HIV. You ever watched some of his fights, man? I I can't say that I have. You know, wow. But he was a big dude, okay. right? So you had him, and he was the main opponent for Rocky in that movie. That was Rocky and Five. Then, 
Right. And then Rocky Balboa. Which is Rocky Series. Antonio Tarver. Yes. Who was also a champ. I forget what championship that he won. Yeah, um, but point is, he was a real fighter. Mm-hmm. Um, so Rocky Five, you know, that's when they started using real fighters as the opponents, as, or the, as the antagonists, right? Well, yeah, you had. Um, I'm sorry, it was Antonio Tarver. I said Antonio Carver. No, you, yeah, you're. I'm, I'm losing. So it, starting yeah, off you know with to, so starting off with Tommy Morrison. That's what you said. Tommy Morrison, Rocky who was Five, the WBO heavyweight champion. Antonio Tarver in Rocky Six, and he was a multiple-time lightweight heavy world, heavyweight world champion, hey. having. Held the WBA, BC, IBF, and the IBO light heavyweight and cruiserweight titles. So, so he's practically like almost undisputed. You can say. right, exactly. You know, so another prominent fighter. Exactly, and that's two already two Rocky movies, and then starting with the first Creed movie, you know, Tony Bellew. We mm-hmm. saw Andre Ward in there in the sparring match when he won the keys, right? Right. To um. So it seems to be that to a, a recurrent theme that they're bringing in actual fighters. To make it more realistic. Yeah. You know, and then Creed and two, you appreciate yeah. it because when you see them fight, it's not a guy who who's learning, you know, a stuntman or that's exactly not his that's not his career. You're that's getting not the his real career. deal in You're here. getting a real deal, right? Yeah. So you're getting more of that realistic action in ring, right? Oh, and yeah, well, speaking of the, the car keys, right, that Andre Ward, Danny Wheeler, yes. won from the sparring match against Adonis Creed in the first movie, but then Adonis Creed won the car keys again, along with the WBC heavyweight title in the second. Yep. You wanted so, to say something about that. Right. So there's significance to that because the car belonged to his father. Apollo? Yep. Bro, I didn't even know that. Yeah, absolutely. So again, I thought know, it was just like his whip that he really loved. So no, much. no, no. That And he made a point of telling that because there was a point, there was a scene in the movie where um, Bianca was like, well, what's what's the deal with this this car? You love this car so much, right? And Man, was even like, I wasn't paying attention. It was a Mustang or something like that, right? No, I think it was Camaro, bro. Oh, it was a Camaro. Okay, I, I yeah, think. yeah. But he was like, yeah, this was my father's car. So again, we're, we're so going was this back. The, so was this like in the previous Rocky movies? Like, I don't remember. I, you know what? It'll be interesting to go back and, and revisit those yeah. movies and see if that actually shows the up in the movie. Wasn't, yeah. Because then that's a deep cut. Right, because that, you're that's going way Easter back, egg, right? Exactly, you're going way back, right? So we've got we've got this over the top entrance, right? And finally, the 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 fighters are in the ring. And what's interesting? Oh, I'm sorry, I don't mean, I don't mean to cut you off. No, no, but, that's fine. But this is backtracking because in regards to entrances, I mentioned Tony Bello in the first movie. Mm-hmm. I liked his entrance still a lot more than Creed's entrance in the second movie in Moscow. You know why? Tony Bello had fire breathers. In the first movie. Go. I don't know if you remember that. I, I vaguely remember. Like when Tony oh. Bellew was walking out, he had like the fire breathers, like he was like mm-hmm. doing the thing and he just, you know, just drank. Yeah. Yeah, that, that was I awesome. Mean, I'm telling you, the, the entrances are really well done. I like I said, I, I think Creed's was over the top. But and I don't know if you caught this. When the bo- both of the fighters were in the entrance were in the, the ring. They've made their entrances, they're in the ring, they're, they're getting ready. The lighting. Right in the locker room? No, no, the lighting in the ring itself. So they're already in the ring, right? Oh, that was awesome! Like, did you see? Did the you lights see? were like divided into pillars, into like columns, almost right as if this was a cage match, and they right. were they were inside the cage of these lights. It looks and I though. found that very interesting because it was. I'm glad you caught that. I did yeah. notice that. I, and and I saw it, and I was like, I, that has to be that has to be purposely put in that way because it's just. Too obvious. The message behind it, right? They're, you're, you're, they're trapped in the ring. 
Right. There's no way out. The lights come up because the lights were pointing outwards. And then as they walk in, they come up and they create kind of like a cage right. around the ring. The lights are divided into columns. Right, exactly. And it looks beautiful, by the way. That was it, it was, but it, but it was so symbolic. And then you see all the WBC officials just standing there. Yeah. So it makes it more intimidating that this is going to be so real. It, it, it's sanctioned. It, it's, it's official. It's almost like, you know what? This is a cage match. Yeah. And the only way somebody wins is if there's one person less standing and that's it. And it's like winner take all you know, um, he must die type of thing. It was very symbolic. And it's in really crazy fashion. for these two fighters, Walt, because look, these are two fighters who are just trying to make up for their fathers. Yep. Respectively, you know, whether their father is dead or alive, mm -hmm. you know, and it's just crazy that father son dynamic as we were discussing before. Absolutely. You know, so, but I'm glad you caught that though with the lights yeah, calling. Was I, I, it was cool. cool. It was cool. It was a cool, it was a cool visual, right? So now we got the fight. Yes. And this so the fight starts. And it's kind of the same it, at the very beginning. It starts off slow. Right? It starts off slow. You, you see, that, that's you how see, fights are supposed to be. They build right. up as the rounds go they, by. They're kind of feeling each other out. Right. You know, trying to check it, see if there's anything different, right? Yeah. And then... By the, by the way, by the way, um, Rocky and... I mean, not Rocky. Adonis Creed and Victor Drago are still fighting each other in Moscow. Like they were back at the Barclays Center in Brooklyn, New York. Mm -hmm. Right? But... You mentioned this to me before, which is true. Adonis Creed, even though he's fighting the same opponent, he has a different trainer now, right? right. So Rocky's at his corner now as the as the primary trainer, as the the chief second, right? right. And, Little and, Duke is still there. Yes, but, but he's not cornering. He's at the cut man, right? Exactly. I mean, he's cornering as the cut man, exactly. No longer as the he's chief the, second, exactly. You know, what I'm saying? Rocky's back as the actual chief second, mm -hmm. right? And things change because the trainer's tactics are a lot different now. Right. You know, they Rocky has a totally different workout regimen for him. The training camp was totally different and he implemented a new style. Right. A style that he had used many years ago to beat exactly. Dra Drago's father. And just the fact that Adonis Creed knows he has Rocky's blessing now in this fight gives him that extra confidence. You know what I'm saying? Gives and he's also fighting for his family. Exactly. Because you know? when Adonis fought Victor in their first fight, he didn't fight with having Rocky's blessing, you feel me? So he didn't, he didn't feel like he had that 100% approval. There was a the piece of him missing. Yeah, know? because, because he, always had, he always had that comfort that he could always look at his corner and Rocky was there. And he knew Rocky knew exactly. everything about that. And he didn't have that comfort level in the first one. Exactly. He's the, with a new trainer. Right. It, it's just every The, the dynamic, trainer, the guy he beat for the WBC right. heavyweight champion. And the dynamic is different, right? You don't have that comfort level with a guy that's new. Exactly. Right? So... The fight goes on. It comes back and forth. You mm -hmm. know, um, there are moments where you think Creed is done. There are moments that you think um, Victor, Victor is, is done. Victor Drago is just a monster, though, man. And he's a towering mom is ringside. Right. Yeah, and Bianca. Bianca's ringside for 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 Creed, but Ludmilla is ringside. For oh, Victor. Oh, I thought you were talking about Adonis's mom. No, 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 no. I'm talking. Well, they, I'm they talking about there. the mom. The Mills. most important mom in this film, right? The most important fake mom in this film. So she's over there, and she's <laughs> there with, um, I guess, a, a, a Russian senior official, some yeah, political guy or whatever. I'm guessing who she's with at the moment. Exactly. And um, then the fight turns. Yeah, the tide turns, right. And then all of a sudden, Creed finds his range. Right. He finds, he finds his rhythm. 
and things go downhill for Victor. And, All right. And to be to to Victor's credit, right? Um, he didn't quit. He kept on coming. He kept on fighting, mm -hmm. right? And even though he was getting hurt to the point where it was a total role reversal from the first fight, where now Creed is really putting it on Victor and putting it on hard, right? Mm -hmm. He never quit. And there was always that moment where he was always looking back at his father and the father was like, keep going, keep fighting, right? Right. Looking down at his mother and seeing she was no longer increasingly the disgust that she was having. Right. And she eventually the, did. And she and that was that was that was really that was it. That was the the knife in the heart. You know? Not just to Victor, but to Ivan. Right. Because Ivan turned over, he's like, Oh damn, she's gone. And he still that kept was it. fighting. Yeah. And I think at that moment, Victor was trying to punish himself and his father for for that. In my opinion, well that I honestly thought that was like the most emotional part of the movie. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. You know, you know, um, freaking both Ivan and Victor see that Ludmila is no longer there. That was the turning point. That was it. Um, so, and I think that was the turning point for Ivan also, because at that point he became human. Exactly. Because and yeah, he now stopped looking at his son as a boxer. And started looking at his son as a son. As a son. And that's where he had to make that decision. Because the box, the, the fight was getting out of hand. Um, Victor, obviously. He was in the corner getting his ass whooped. He was, yeah, he was, he was, and that was it. And this is what made it emotional. Ivan, okay, okay, let's put it this way. The, the shame the, of what he had to do next. The noise calmed was, down. Yes. The noise calmed down. And Ivan picked up the bloody towel and was slowly walking up the ring. And it took like forever to get him to that yeah, point, right? Yeah, but just there's a, building up that. There's a that reason thing, why right? he had to, you know, swallow his pride and you know. Yeah, and the shame thing. of it, right? Yeah, and then Rocky he, saw him and he, he was looking at what Ivan was about to do, and he knew. Yeah, he knew because, and it's funny because Ivan did what Rocky couldn't do. How many years ago? And you're about, and I'm about, you're about to find out why. Ivan walked up the ring with the blade towel slowly. The noise was calmed down. He looked, the, the camera um, pans over to Victor getting his, you know, mm -hmm. getting his, his ass wore basically by Adonis and then pans back to Ivan. Ivan, you know, lifts up the, he's got the blade that towel, towel. He's got that in towel grasp. in his hand, yeah. right? And then he waves it at the referee and, and throws, throws it. it. And that was it. And that was it. And then right the ref, referee steps in. Calls it off. Then Ivan um, goes into the ring, hugs his son. I said it, his son, not mm -hmm. his fighter, his son, and says, it's okay. It's okay. That, that, that was, that was emotional. That man. was big. You know what I'm saying? That was it. That was, that was, that was, that was big. But not, you know? but you know what? Because I think we got a little too far ahead in this fight, but somewhere mid-fight, um, we saw Donis Creek get knocked down like he did in the first. Um, and he got first. hit in the ribs. Right. Yeah. Cracked his ribs again, right? Again. So it takes a lot of resiliency to like get yeah. up. And he got up easily, I, I saw. I was like, damn. Yeah. Yo, he has he has really strong resiliency. Then he got up, he was dazed. And then the referee went up to him to make sure he was okay. He asked, What's your name? Creed. What's your name? Creed. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, fight resumed. 
you know, and yeah. it just went there. But it got to that point, man. It was crazy, man. Yeah, that was that was probably the the high point of the movie. It was that point, and again, that's why I say the dragons were a little bit more interesting in this movie than anybody else. They were because that's the point. You know, you you have the celebration with Creed and Bianca and Rocky and stuff, but really the true emotional moment of that fight was when Drago, when Ivan went to Victor and said, you know, gave him that hug and said, it's okay. It's okay. And then Victor was just crying there. And, and he has so many mixed emotions inside of Exactly, him. because you know what? He lost again. And so the implication is, you know what? Now we're back in Kiev. Now we're back suffering again. Yeah, back and, to Dagobah. And I did everything <laughs> that I could, and it still wasn't enough. And we've lost our mother, your wife. Again, but I think though, you know? but I think if you look at it deep down, the point of that fight was to make Ivan realize that Victor was not just his fighter, but really his son. Right. You know, exactly. and they have to spend more quality time together, not as you know, coach and fighter, but as they, father and son. Those two had the best arc of the entire movie. Oh yeah, hands you know down. I totally they had agree. The best arc of the entire movie. So um. We got to the end of the movie and everything. We, well, we didn't mention um, mid movie that um, when you know um, Adonis's adoptive mom and I keep thinking she's his adoptive mom mm-hmm. noticed at their dinner that um, Bianca's pregnant, right? That Bianca they decided to name their daughter Amara, I believe. Mm-hmm. Amara created. It was it was funny at one point when um when Rocky was talking about the names with um. With Adonis Creed, he was like, so, you know, her name is Amar, Amar, right? Yeah, I'm Amar. So he was like, yo, why can't you come up with something, you know, something? I mean, that's cool now, but why can't you come up with something simple? Like, you know, Kate or Becky. And, he, and then Adonis was just like, you know the baby's going to be black, right? <laughs> you know? I love that dynamic yeah, I know. between them. It, 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 it was funny, like, man. It was funny. So, and he always called him Unk. Right? Yeah, exactly. Well, he was, if you think yeah, about it. Because he, you know, he was like a brother to Apollo, just like Chewie is to, to Han, you know? Yeah. Yeah, Kylo's uncle is, is a Wookiee. Yeah, so <laughs> so we we got the happy end, the happy ending, right? Yeah, no one died. No one like died. Like Rocky Four, and and it's interesting because no one died. We have good. we have Creed, and he finally realizes his legacy, right? Yeah. But then we go back to Kiev, right? Let's 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 discuss um the ending for the Dragos first. Okay. All right. So, so in regards to the Dragos, yes, they were obviously they continued to be banished by the motherland, right? Mm-hmm. So they went back to Kiev, no glory, whatnot. Um, but you know what? Things are um, starting to patch up between the father and the yeah, son. Yeah, there's right? a different dynamic than the first time that we saw him in Kiev. Yeah, like you don't, you no longer see Victor running with his father Ivan driving behind him and accelerating, like to make him run faster. He's running alongside him. Exactly. And that's the difference. And the way Victor and looked did at you Ivan. See, exactly. Right? Did you see the way Victor looked at him? Victor when was, was just like. Oh my gosh, what? You're running alongside me? You're not trying to run over me? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and there's the difference. There's the, I love the difference between two. And there you have the arc completed, right? Mm-hmm. You go from father, no son relationship to at least the they, start of something right. new for them. It exists. You know what I'm now. saying? So that was, that was really nice. And then you go back mm-hmm. and you have Adonis visiting Apollo's grave. Yeah, officially. Officially, and telling and him he, everything that he needs to he tell him. Ap- he apologized, saying like it t- for why it took him this long to come see him. Exactly, and introduces his daughter Amara to Apollo. Right in the grave. Right. So 
who has the hearing aid, so it, it seems like oh, she does. Oh, you yeah, she did have hearing aids. I didn't see that. Yeah, she so did. So Mara has so the she, hearing. So she has the hearing, the hearing issue, just the like the Mara. Exactly. That's messed up. And then... I didn't pay attention to that. I didn't know that. Yeah. See, I didn't know about the car. I didn't know about Amara's um, hereditary hearing. Yeah. That. So I, you had that. I wasn't paying attention to that. So you have that come full circle. Right. And then let's go back to Rocky, right? Okay. Rocky goes to Vancouver, right? It was Vancouver? I think it was. Okay. Yeah, it was Vancouver um, to visit his estranged son. And so, been over a decade. Yep. So you see him coming out out of the taxi, walk into a house, and it's not a house that we've seen before, right? Right. Um, he knocks on the door. He knocks on the door, and the little kid opens up. His name is Logan. Logan. So his name is Wolverine. First, know, right? <laughs> <laughs> He's not an old man, Wolverine, though. No. So I don't understand what's going on. <laughs> but for, for a quick second, I thought, "Damn, he's young to be his son, right?" And then I'm like, Rocky's grandson oh, is Wolverine. Exactly. <laughs> I've been excited. Yeah. I'm like, oh, wait a second. That's the grandson. And then you see yeah. Milo Ventimiglia. I, like I said, for a split second, you see Bobby. I had like a brain freeze. And I was like, damn, that kid is young to be his son. No. I said, oh, no, no, no. Hold on. There's his son. Yeah, because no, you remember exactly. what Rocky said? When Rocky knocked on the door, kid opened up. No, it, it makes it makes total no, sense, no, no. right? You heard what Rocky said. He's like, oh, you must be Logan. Yeah. Right? Um, I, I so just, obviously I wasn't his son. I yeah, mean, I, I just had a brain freeze moment yeah. at that point. And then, then we see Bobby Balboa, Rocky's son, come through. He's like, hey, who is like Logan, who is that? You know, then he sees his father, and then you know they start reconciling. And you know, the interesting thing is there was no animosity there. Yeah, I was so, so thankful. So I'm like, well then again, what was the reason behind that? And maybe because, maybe I'm missing something, maybe right. it was something in the older movies and I may have to revisit it. Yeah, because I didn't, I know what you're saying, because you didn't want to see Bobby get all beefed up with yo. So now you show up after exactly. all these and years so later. If anybody listening to the podcast um knows this, you know, please leave us a, a Twitter comment so then that way, you know, we know and we can address it on the next podcast. Yeah. But there was no animosity between them. He was actually almost surprised to see him. Thank God though. And you know, there was there was that connection and, and everything's good. And we had happy endings all over the place. Right. So going back to the father-son dynamic, it ended on a good note for all parties involved. Yep. You know? Absolutely. So thing is, the movie didn't end on a cliffhanger or anything. There was no, no. There was not even a post-credits ending. No, not at all. Not but at all. Usually, I mean, there's, there's never been a post-credits yeah, ending. Yeah, that's but, mostly a Marvel thing. Right, but I usually Google nowadays. Yeah, because you never like, know, right? Ending? Should I stay? Because everybody's copying Marvel at the at this point on these Apparently. Days, you know? So I just Googled it. There was nothing. Um, So I, I left the theater satisfied. Not more than satisfied, what should I say? So I, this is my feeling. Um, Creed 3, we should have Thunderlips come back. Who's Thunderlips again? Hulk Remind Hogan. Me? Oh, Hulk Hogan. <laughs> or we can have Clubber Lang. Maybe we have Clubber Lang's I'll kid come back. Clubber you Lang's kid. In diapers. Or maybe it becomes a thing where Club Bianca's G. daughter and, and Danasa's daughter becomes a fighter and she fights Clubber Lang's daughter. No, but that's when some, they're older. That's somewhere down the line. I think that would be a whole nother like saga, trilogy or saga. Yeah, because you know, I, I realized what they were doing, like the um, Bianca trilogies. You know? <laughs> no, because Amara was born. Oh yeah, the Amara trilogy. Yeah, there you no, go. because Amara was born, and I was like, wow. So I'm guessing decades down the line, they're gonna pull off another Rocky and Creed, but with Amara. And so now it would be like crazy. the first female, you know, boxing protagonist. And and think about it this way: the crazy thing is, this is the eighth. Rocky film, and it doesn't feel like that. Creed Two is the eighth Rocky film. Yep. I mean, 
in, in terms were, of the to, Rocky timeline. Rocky universe. You know, exactly. That's the eighth one, and it doesn't mm-hmm. feel like that, really. You know what I'm saying? Does it feel like what? It doesn't feel like we've had eight movies like this. Ah, you know it. what I'm saying? So I um, think each movie was original in its own right. Would you agree? Yeah, I think so. You know, yeah. and, and like Rocky Four is my favorite, by the way, in regards to the actual Rocky movies. I think a lot of people would agree to that. You know, that's, what I'm saying? that's where the Drago started. The Drago at. thing. The Drago thing was was something. It's like, wow, you know. So, um, I think they closed that storyline pretty well. Is there going to be a Creed three? I don't know. I just want to say this, bro. That we already agreed on this before. That we need to see Drago come back. It doesn't have to be Drago versus Creed again. But we, we want to see the Dragos come back because, look, they're still banished from their motherland, right? Mm-hmm. We should see, like, a legit happy ending to them. Because the only happy ending we see with them is that, you know, it's father and son now. Mm-hmm. They re- Ivan realizes that he needs to be well, a legit father. That is a nice ending. So, them, so I'm know? Yeah, so I'm guessing we could kind of thank Ludmila for that, for popping up in the movie. Because her being there and then dipping at the end made Ivan realize... How he needs to be a better parent. Do we? Do you think right? we need to? Do you think we need to have a scene in that, that next movie where Lamina gets run over by a Russian tank? Oh, that would be nice. <laughs> yeah, I, just, I, I, I thought you were gonna say run over by Ivan, like while she's running or no, something. He's like, well, he he might be driving. Faster. He might be driving a Russian tank and oh. just blow her up. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, Man. Um, but yeah, <laughs> hey, listen, you, we can have just kind of like Star Wars did it. Yeah. Drago. A Rocky story. Ooh, <laughs> you know I thought what I'm you saying? Said Drago, a Star Just Wars a, story. A side story, you know what I'm saying? So that'd be hilarious, bro. But like I said, overall, I I had a really good time watching this movie. Yeah. It was emotional. I think we should watch it again, bro. Together. Yeah, I think we should. I think we have to find a way to to watch it. Maybe we'll watch it in January after all the December craziness with these movies. It should come out by January, right? If you think about it. Yeah, maybe. So maybe we'll do it. Just uh, we'll do a. An overnight thing where we just come over and just watch it on the big screen I here. Watch that over and you know? over again, bro. Yeah. I love that movie. So I think we're gonna come to the end of this very long, very deep dish quick slice. Right. Um, very like informative said, quick slice with toppings. Absolutely. And like I said, I enjoyed the the film immensely. Um, I think it's a, a very very good entry into the uh, very good entry in the Rocky universe. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's one of the best films. Oh, you for, know? for sure. Um, it's up there. Like now. I said, I had some criticisms to it. The entrance. But, yeah. <laughs> the sci-fi entrance. It didn't, it didn't take away anything from the film. So right. um, my, my recommendation is go out and see it. What do you think? Oh, yeah, for sure. Like, you know, originally I, I told you my Mordor rating was 19 out of 20 rings of power. You reminded me about Harold not being in it. That just dropped down to 18. You got to drop it. Yeah, no. You can't have HBO without Harold Letterman. Exactly. Like, how do you forget Harold Letterman, man? Yeah. So this has been my eighth official quick slice. To conclude my first medium 14-inch Sicilian pizza pie, thanks a lot in collaboration to my main man, Talents55, a.k.a. Chimichangas, a.k.a. Walt. Yo, thanks a lot, brother. Yeah, it's all good, brother. I had fun. Glad you had a lot of fun, man. And, folks, be sure to stay tuned for another collab slice between Walt and I for the Wilder Fury match. My name is ASAP Balrog. I cover all things Star Wars, Lord of the Rings, basketball, boxing, hip-hop, and anything fashion-related. As always, be sure to keep up with Pop Culture Over Pizza for all your pop culture needs via Twitter and Instagram at PCOP Podcast. I repeat, that's at PCOP Podcast. And remember to subscribe to Pop Culture Over Pizza on any of the platforms that you use, 
including Apple Podcasts. Yes, people, we are now on iTunes. And until next time, all hail Morgoth, long live Sauron, never throw in the towel, <clears throat> Ivan. <gasps> Always go the distance, Balrogian Boxer, out. Later.